Open to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, and would you stand to your feet? We honor the reading of God's Word. James chapter 1. We ministered last week. We looked at verses 1 through 4. Today we're going to pick up in verse 5. I do have the notes in the Bible app if you'd like to use that. I've got all my references. I even put my points in there today. Simple message, but one I think will encourage us greatly. James chapter 1 and verse 5, are you there? This is what it says. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach or without rebuke, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith. Everybody say faith. With no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let that man, let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Wow. Let's pray. and Let's ask the Lord to speak to us. Oh, man, I read that. Those are strong words, but... The Lord's going to help us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is light. It's life. It's instruction. It's correction. And Lord, I just pray that today your word would accomplish all that you desire it to. God, I pray that you would release a great anointing in this room right now. Church, would you help me pray? I want you to pray that God would release an anointing. Pour out his spirit in our midst right now. Lift your voice and pray. Lord, I ask that you would anoint each and every one of us today. Lord, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear a heart that perceives what your spirit is speaking lord i resist and i rebuke the work of the enemy he who would seek to distract to divide to distort or confuse your word as it comes forward jesus i pray give us liberty in receiving your word and lord the very same way you were anointed to preach the gospel i ask that an anointing would rest upon me to preach your word today so lord we commit this time to you and we ask you to move and minister by your might and by your power in Jesus name I pray and everybody said amen Amen. you may be seated today I want to share I I, I went back and forth on the title a little bit but if you uh, are looking for a title for the sake of your note-taking I want you to, to to entitle this the master key to the impossible the master key to the impossible. When I got saved, I went to Christ for the Nations, which was really birthed out of the healing tent revivals. It was birthed out of the Jesus movement, the charismatic renewals. And uh, boy, I heard a lot of faith preaching. And I didn't grow up that way. I grew up a Baptist boy, I, you know, Bible drills and all of that. And, and, and I don't regret that. I have a love for the word today that I know I would not have had if I didn't have that foundation. But when I came into this, it was a whole new world for me. But I'll never forget some of the moments sitting in these services. And there was a man of God by the name of David Newberry. Probably not a name that many of you know, but he was a prominent evangelist uh, for a number of years, still travels today. And Brother David, I'll never forget, had a faith message that he preached. 
And it was so simple. What are you asking God for? What are you believing God for? Let's pray for it. And he had a number of people come down. Now, I'm just like a couple months old in the Lord as I'm watching this. And he has people come down, and he has them state, what is your sickness? And they would say in the microphone what their sickness, their illness, their injury, their disease was. And then he would pray a simple prayer. Lord, I ask you to heal this arthritis in the name of Jesus. Lord, I rebuke this disease that has ravished their body for these years in the name of Jesus. And the thing that really caught me in this moment, I was sitting in the back of the auditorium at this point in time. There were uh, you know, about 1,500 students that were there, and I'm sitting in the back of the room. And I remember he would make the declaration after hearing what they were believing for, and time after time after time, he would say, in the name of Jesus. And I felt as if a wave would sweep from the back of the room to the front of the room. And next thing you know, they begin to testify. The pain in my body is gone. The injury that I had was gone. And I watched over and over and over again God's healing power on display. And I remember that as the first time it really began to strike me like, God, this is real. This isn't just a, you know, you know, weird liars and charlatans that are on TV or anything like that. No, like this, people are really getting healed. I watched that person limp into the room, and now I'm watching them walk out without a, without a limp, without injury. It was absolutely incredible. And the message, I, I want to encourage us today. I believe that God desires to release his healing power in and through each and every one of us. Jesus said that signs and wonders would follow all who believe. You hear me share that often. I believe that we should see miracles. And, and I want to encourage you. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. Here's the question that I want to ask every person within the sound of my voice today. What are you willing to believe God for? What are you willing to believe God for? I honestly think that's what most of this comes down to. I've been watching. I mean, I was watching this morning. Oral Roberts. Old black and white videos of him praying for individuals. And he would, he would preach a 20-minute message on faith. And then he would sit down on a chair and have individuals come down. And he would hear about what their needs were. And what's amazing to me is, is the reason I think that so much followed this man of God is he simply prayed and believed. He would ask them, what are you believing for? And he would wait for their declaration, this is what I'm believing for. He would ask them, who has the power to heal you? And after they had been healed, he would ask them, who healed you? And if they say, you healed me, he would correct them. He said, Jesus healed you. God healed you. But there was never any wavering. I watched this morning, and I've seen this twice in videos that I watched. A woman comes up, and she's got a gorder, a fluid-filled sack, essentially, that's growing on her neck. And uh, what's going on with that? And he, how long have you had it? And she begins to describe. And he says, do you believe that Jesus can heal you? And she says, I believe. 
and you, you can find these videos online. He prays in the authority of Jesus Christ, and then he does something ridiculous, okay? I don't know what it is. You read about Wigglesworth. You read about Oral Roberts. These guys were, they were not gentle when it came to sickness. They were not gentle when it came to the devil. He goes like this and grabs that gorder, like pinching it and moving it around. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. And next thing you know, you can see this on the video. Next thing you know, you watch this thing begin to go down. And by the time she walks, they'd walk up one side, he would pray for them, and they would walk down the other. And she walks right by the camera. The gorder is completely gone. And I'm watching this like, wow. And I just, I wonder sometimes, when people come down for prayer, what are we asking for? What are we who are praying, what are we believing for? I'm telling you, I am convinced. I watched another one. Young boys, can I just tell you some stories? This is amazing. Young boy comes down. And he, this kid starts, uh, you know, I, I can't see, I, you know, I'm, I'm 80% blind in one eye, I'm completely blind in the other, dad had let him down there. Brother Oral Roberts grabs him by the head and puts his thumbs in his eye. I'm probably not getting you excited to come down for prayer today. He puts his thumbs in his eye and the boy starts to cry. And he asks him, he's like, I'm sorry, did I, did I hurt you? I just get so excited sometimes when I'm praying for people. And the boy, he's like, no, you didn't hurt me. I can see. And they begin to have people across her. He's like, this usher over here, hold up some fingers. And uh, he couldn't see a moment ago, but he begins to see in that moment. And I'm watching over and over and over again. And I'm telling you, there are people who were willing to believe. There was a man of faith who was willing to pray. I am convinced, church. Now, now, now some of you, I, I, I mean, I'm, I feel goosebumps already. I, I guess that might be the anointing. Like, we're going we're gonna to pray. We were singing breakthrough, and I believe for God to touch. But, but here's what I want to challenge every one of us in today. All of us have the opportunity to take steps of faith every single day. I promise you, oh, Robert's faith step did not start by grabbing women's gorders. That's not where he began his walk. You hear him talk, and that's really gross, and I'm sorry, but that's what happened. You can find the video, man. Every one of us begin in this place where am I going to surrender my life to Jesus? You understand, that's a faith step. There are moments where it's like, I had to make the decision, am I going to continue to pursue secular university? And that's fine for some, but when God, I knew how to call on my life to go a different direction, it required a faith step of me, and I took that faith step. You talk to entrepreneurs, and there's moments where I'm going to take this leap of faith. I'm going I'm to take the investment. I'm going to talk to the bank. I'm going to start the business. I'm going to put my name and reputation on the line. There is a step of faith that is required in order for them to move into what God has called them to. Every one of us, there are it was a step of faith for me to get married. I remember sharing with my wife. My parents had been divorced. My grandparents have been divorced. Is that how my life is going to pan out as well? And there was a moment where I had this fear, but I took a step of faith. That's a step of faith.
And we all have these moments that we face continually. Am I going to believe God in this particular area? Or am I going to surrender to fear or unbelief? I just want you to think about, I'm going to read you a couple of verses and think about this. Jesus said, Mark 9, 23, anything is possible to a person who believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. Let me ask you, who, who said that? Jesus. This is Mark 9.23. I don't know if I wrote down the wrong. Mark 9.23. That was a good verse. That's another good faith verse that was up there. Right. Um, Mark 9.20. Anything is possible. What is possible? Anything. What do you think that actually means? I, I dug into the Greek on this one. And anything literally translates to anything. It's amazing. What are you willing to believe God for? Anything is possible. The angel Gabriel, when he came to Mary and began to make declarations over her, uh, her life about uh, the coming Messiah and whom she would carry uh, in Luke 137, he concludes his call to walk after God with this. With God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. What are you willing to believe God for? Church, do you know how scary it was to start a church from nothing in the middle of the pandemic? We didn't have a building. We didn't have a congregation. Minister Adele was the only person that we knew in Kona. And it was scary my wife and I have taken churches that others had started, churches that were existing. And, uh, you know, when you step into something, the first church that we took had been through a nasty church split, previous pastor. I mean, there was, there was scandal, all this kind of stuff. And so it was easy to go into that kind of setting. And, man, if things are going bad, you can blame it on the last guy who was there, right? Well, my wife and I, as we're coming over here, like, you understand, she tells me one day, you understand if this thing like tanks, uh, that's our fault. Like we can't blame it on anybody else. But I look around and in church, it was scary. It was scary when Dr. Morocco came and said, I, I, I believe that God is going to build another cathedral in Kona. I want you to resign the church in Lahaina and I want you to move. That was scary. We had security over there. We had a congregation. We had people who were faithful givers for 30 years in that church. And to come over here where we had nothing is scary. But I look around today, church, look at the fruit of what God has done. Look at what God has done. I mean, this is, this is mind-boggling in two years to see what the Lord has done. What are you willing to believe God for? James gives us a very simple formula. You've probably heard this sermon in other forms and other places at times. In fact, I'm going to give you the whole thing up front. We read this. I want you to say, number one, ask. Everybody say, ask. Number two, believe. And number three is receive. We're going to ask, we're going to believe, and we're going to receive. 
This is simple. Uh, you guys brought up that verse, that, that another one that Jesus, Matthew 21, 22. Can you bring that back up here? Look at what Jesus said. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Do you believe that? Whatever things you ask. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Guys, I, I'm telling you, th this is a simple message, but it's going to help you. What are you asking for? What are you believing for? What are you positioning yourself to receive? Now, James digs a little bit deeper. He uses the same exact formula. In fact, you'll see as we go verse by verse. He says, ask. He talks about believing. And he talks about receiving. But he also highlights a couple pitfalls. Because there's going to be moments where you ask, why didn't I receive? I ask for this. Why haven't I gotten the breakthrough yet? Well, first of all, number one. We need to ask. Everybody say ask. ask. So I want you to notice in, in James chapter 1, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he's giving an example, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally, this is verse 5, and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If you lack. You know what that means? You have to acknowledge your need before you actually come to the place of asking. I know that's simple, but, but many, like, uh, I don't know if I need God's help on this one. I think I can handle it. I, I think I'm okay with this pain in my body. I, I think I can handle running my business. I, I mean, we don't maybe verbalize it that way, but people come to that conclusion all the time. You'll notice that Jesus said in Luke 4.18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Other translations say the poor in spirit. And literally what this is, it doesn't mean Jesus came to minister exclusively to those who are in poverty. That's part of it. But what Jesus is talking about here when he's dealing with poor, they are people who have needs and acknowledge their needs. I want you to hear me on this. These are people who have needs and they acknowledge their need. Those are people that Jesus is going to minister to. So Bartimaeus, he is blind. He's a beggar. He's crying out for income, probably homeless, and Jesus comes walking by. He hears Jesus, he hears the crowd, and he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus continues to walk, he cries out a second time, son of David. Have mercy on me. Jesus stops, tells his disciples, call him to come to me. You know this story. Bartimaeus throws aside his garment. He goes to Jesus, and Jesus, what does he do? He doesn't lay hands on him, pray for him, heal him. He asks him a question. What 
do you want me to do? He wanted Bartimaeus to acknowledge his need. And what are you actually believing for? Because as a beggar, he could have said, Lord, I need your provision. And Jesus probably would have given it. Lord, I need food. I need housing. And Jesus probably would have given But Bartimaeus knew what he had need of, and he knew what he was believing for. He says, Rabbi, teacher, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus ministered. How many times do you see Jesus say things like, according to your faith, let it be unto you. What are you actually believing for? So this is why if you ever come to me for prayer during an altar time, I will always ask the same question. What are you believing for? What are you believing for? I may know that you've got an issue going on in your body, but if you don't have faith to see healing take place, friend, it's rare that I'm going to pray for healing for you. If you don't even have faith for it, why am I going to pray for that? I know that may seem harsh, but I'm just going, this is a Jesus model of prayer right here. What are you believing for? We need to come to a place where we acknowledge this is what I need, and we have to be willing to ask. Everybody say ask. Now, if we're going to see, if we're going to receive the impossible for the, from the Lord, we must recognize our need and be willing to ask. Now, the second thing I want to deal with is this idea of believing. Everyone say believe. believe. Verse 6, James chapter 1 says, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Now, I want to help you guys today. Because I've, I've heard teaching like this. There have been moments where I've, I've watched, I've observed people receiving prayer. And when God doesn't move on their behalf, uh, it's just like a, 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 gen, a, like a generic, uh, you must not have enough faith. Nobody ever heard something like this? You must not have enough faith or God would have moved on your behalf. And, and I, can I just ease you of a burden today? In fact, go back to the previous verse. Can you, can you pull up verse 5? James chapter 1 and verse 5. Have we got it there? Look at what it says. Let him ask God. He gives generously. Our God is a generous God. Do you know that? He doesn't lack power. He doesn't lack resource. He doesn't lack the will. No, he's generous. Watch what else he says. Without reproach. That means without rebuke. That means without prejudice. I, I know people get bent out of shape. In fact, one of the guys that I watched receive prayer from Oral Roberts as I was getting ready for church this morning. He comes down, and he had rheumatoid arthritis, could barely walk, could not bend. And he asks this man, have you given your life to Jesus? And the man said, I got saved just earlier tonight. First time in church, first time getting right with God. He prays for that man. The arthritis goes. He'd been out of work for years. 
But by the end of the thing, he's running up and down. He's able to touch his toes. And, uh, and Brother Roberts asked him, are you going to go back to work? I'm going to call my boss tomorrow. Healed. Now, some would look at a situation like that, and you'd get some stuffy religious person say, I've been contending for years for my healing. How dare this person who just got saved today get their miracle? God is not judging us. It's without reproach. You don't earn healing. You don't need to have a good enough track record. This is why people were criticizing Sean Bowles because he's prophesying over celebrities. And he's like, well, why? why wouldn't you want me to prophesy? Well, they haven't even been born again. Friend, do you realize that most of the disciples did not come to believe Jesus was Savior until towards the end? Some of them not even until after he'd been resurrected. And Jesus is empowering them for ministry? Jesus is releasing them to teach? Guys, you're like, we, we, we need to get some things right in our head. People don't need to be qualified before we pray for them on the streets. They don't need to repent before they get healed. I'm, I'm just telling you. I know that sounds backwards, but if you look at how Jesus ministered. Oh, you're a woman living in adultery? Listen, go break it off with, the, with your boyfriend first. Go back to your first. He didn't do that. I, I, I know, I'm, I'm messing with some of your brains, but some of us, we're like, I, I have to live a certain way, then I can receive a miracle. I have to have the right mental state, and then I can receive a miracle. Now, I don't want you to mishear me today, friend. I am not giving you a license to sin. I'm not empowering you to live in compromise. God forbid. That's what Paul said when he says, am, am I giving you a license? He said, God forbid. Absolutely not. Friend, we're going to make it into heaven. You can receive miracles and end up in hell. So we're going to live right for Jesus. But I want you to understand, your receiving of miracles, your receiving of breakthrough has nothing to do with whether you've got a long list of sins attributed to your name or a short list. He gives generously to all without reproach. What are you willing to believe God for? Let him ask in faith with no doubting. Now, you want to know what the key is? It's not about having the right mental state. But here's the key. Matthew 7, 7. Jesus said, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for you. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, this is what I tend to find. There are people who are believing for breakthrough. And they ask one time. God didn't answer. And they give up asking. They go and they knock once and run away from the door and wonder, God, why didn't you answer? I don't think this has to do with how much or how little faith we have. What I think it all boils down to, friend, is our persistence in prayer. 
are you going to continue to believe? In fact, Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's not talking about great or small faith. Look at what he continues to say. This is Hebrews 11.6. He who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You want to know what a key to receiving the impossible is? You must believe diligently. You must believe, not casually, not if I feel like it today. Like, I, I understand, church, it's easy for us to believe for miracles when we got worship music going on, when you hear a faith message. But what about tomorrow? Are you still asking? Are you still seeking? Are you still knocking? Are you believing God diligently? Everyone say diligently. diligently. Not passively. Not casually. Not if I feel like it. In fact, our James text says that people who have faith but then doubt are like waves in the sea being tossed to and fro by the wind. Whatever way the wind blows, if I'm here in good faith preaching, if the song I like comes across K-Love, then I'm in faith, friend. But if my boss is being a jerk, if my husband's being a jerk, if a volcano erupts in my backyard, well, then I'm just, I'm, I'm doubting today. And the Bible says, let that man suppose he will receive nothing. It's not about whether you have great faith or little faith. Are you persistent in faith? You need to be mindful of what you have speaking into you. What are you hearing? Friend, I don't just read my Bible on Saturday to get ready for Sunday. Every day, I'm in the Word of God. Every day, I have worship going on. Every day, I'm around people who encourage me in faith, in believing. My wife have these conversations often. It's not just I'm getting ready for the weekend. Every day, persistently seeking the Lord. Are you persistent in your pursuit of the Lord? This last summer, I got to go and I ministered in Alaska for a conference there. And I met a couple. Now, this is so cool. I, I've heard Pastor Daniel Bracken for a number of years. When he receives the tithe and offering, he'll always make the declaration that you notice I've started to make myself. That God is giving bonuses and inheritances and raises. That he's giving us houses we did not build and businesses that we did not start. The devourer is rebuked. The, uh, that the heavens are open and the time of God's favor has come. I have no shame about it. I ripped that off of Pastor Daniel. And this is the reason why. First of all, it's all in scripture. But second, I met a gentleman, older. And he said, you know, I came to this church about three years ago. And Pastor Daniel, every day, would make, every, every Sunday when we would give our offering, he would make the declaration that we were receiving houses we did not build. And he said, I, three years ago, started declaring that. And he's like, did you know? He's telling me this story. Just a couple months ago, I received not just one or two, but I was given three houses. Given. Not 
I got approved for financing. Not, I, I got, no. He was given three houses. You want to know how that came about? Every week he gives. Every week he makes the declaration, God, you're giving me a house that I did not build. God, you're giving me a house I did. For three years, faithfully, daily, believing, God, you're going to do this. And today he's received it. What are you believing for? Do you make a declaration, but then you look at the housing market, and it's just impossible? You're like a wave of the sea. Whatever the way the wind blows, whatever article you read, however the stock market looks, well, it's just COVID, the interest rates, and I just don't, yeah, it's not time for that. Are you persistently believing? Friend, one of the things I would encourage you to do sometime. Read the stories in the Bible about the miracles God releases and look at the time frame around them. Joseph receives a wonderful dream from the Lord. You're going to be a leader. You're going to be an influencer. People are going to bow. People, you know, you know the dream. 30 years later, he steps into what God had promised him. You telling me that through all of his ups and downs, he stayed in this posture of faith. I probably would have lost it if my brother sold me into slavery. I would have lost it if I had a woman come on to me, offering herself to me, and I flee from sexual immorality. He literally fled from sexual immorality, but he was falsely accused and imprisoned. I probably would have given up at that point in time, but he did not. He's in prison. Think about this. There's a guy who comes to him and says, me and my buddy have been having some dreams. And in a moment like that, he could very easily says, listen, boy, take your dreams somewhere else. I had dreams, and that's why I'm in prison right now. But he didn't do that. He says, God gives the interpretation, and he interprets their dreams. And next thing you know, he's in the palace. 30 years in the making. Anybody know the woman with the issue of blood? The Bible says that she struggled for 12 years. Doctors, physicians, prayer, she tried everything, but she did not stop pursuing for 12 years. Sometimes we come to one altar call. Well, God didn't do it. Must not be his will. Stop it. Ask, believe, not like a wave of the sea, tossed to and fro, persistently. I'm going to ask, and I'm going to keep on asking. I'm going to seek, and I'm going to keep on seeking. I'm going to knock, and I'm going to keep on knocking. People ask us, man, how would you guys do this in Kona? Overnight, see this explosion. Step number one. 15 years of fasting and praying for God to move in revival. This didn't just happen overnight. We didn't just start this process in 2020, friend. 
from the time that I got saved in 2004, I have been crying out for God to pour out His Spirit. And now in this season, I feel like God is just now beginning to pour out what I believe for my entire saved life. Didn't just, I, I didn't just pray once. and Wow, look at what God has done. My wife and I, oh my goodness. Uh, I'm going to start crying if I tell you. You don't, you don't understand. We wake up in the middle of the night. We're contending. It requires persistence. And boy, do we feel like giving up at times? Absolutely. But we're not going to. We're going to. We're going to ask, keep on asking. We're going to seek, keep on seeking. What are you believing God for? And here's the last one. Here's the last one. Receive. Everyone say receive. I'm talking about the master key to the impossible. We're going to ask. We're going to acknowledge, Lord, I need you, and I, and I want to see you move in this area. We're going to believe, and we're going to believe persistently. We're not, not just casual, not tossed to and fro. But look at what it says in verse 7, James chapter 1. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. This is another pitfall to receiving the impossible. It's another area where people fail. Now you'll notice that the, the wave tossed to and fro by every wind, that's from the outside. That's stuff you're hearing. That's the people you're surrounding yourself with. That's, that's what you're feeding yourself with. It's outside influence that can sway you. But you'll notice that the second pitfall in receiving, he said, is double-mindedness. That's not outside influence. That's what's going on here. That's what's in my heart. That's what's in my mind. That's what I'm meditating upon. That's, I mean, I, friend, in my inability to receive, I cannot blame on my wife. I cannot blame on my church. I cannot blame on my kids. I cannot blame on my bank account. I bear the responsibility. Am I going to stay in faith? I can control certain outside influences. But I'm the one who has to take authority over this thing right here. Am I going to dwell on unbelief? Am I going to dwell on disappointment? Am I going to dwell on failure? The Bible says the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and he will receive nothing. Worship team, if you'll come, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a close. I, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to set us free this morning. We're going to ask and we're going to ask persistently. We're going to believe. And we're going we're gonna to shake off this double-mindedness. It's our key to receiving, I believe. Joshua 24, 15 famous passage comes to a point where he challenges a household choose this day whom you will serve choose everyone say choose you get to choose who you're going to serve you're going to choose who you're going to believe first kings 18:21 elisha elijah 
facing down the prophets of Baal, he turns to the children of Israel and says, why do you falter between two belief systems? You want to serve the Lord, but you also want to serve Baal, Asherah? Choose today who you're going to serve. Revelation 3.16, there's a rebuke that comes from Jesus himself. You're neither hot nor cold, so I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. In other words, make up your mind. Church, this is a key to the impossible. You need to make up your mind. I'm going after this thing, no matter if it hurts, no matter if I'm discouraged, no matter how many times i got to pray. Shared the story about my son, his chronic ear infection, sinus junk that he had going on. From the time he was an infant, we took that boy down for more prayer than I could even begin to tell you. Every time a healing call was given, we would drive to healing meetings. Yeah, we also sought physicians. We'd get antibiotics. He had tubes in his ears on and on. For years, we sought that. Finally, one day, the Lord touched him. And on that time, you know, you know what's neat about that whole thing? If God would have answered our prayer the first time that we asked, he would have no memory of it. But the way God touched my son is now he can tell you firsthand. He remembers the pain that he felt. He remembers going to school with cotton balls that he would put in his ears anytime he would go outside. And he remembers going down to an altar, having hands laid upon him. He remembers the healing power that flowed through his physical body. And he can tell you firsthand, our God is a healer. All of a sudden, it makes sense. Why did we have to pray for seven, eight years to see that miracle happen? Now I get it. Now I get it. But if we had given up, we had just decided, well, maybe God just doesn't want to heal him. Maybe God's not even a healer. Maybe he doesn't do that stuff today. Are we going to believe? Are we going to be diligent? Make up your mind. Would you stand? We're We're going to pray. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive them. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive them. This is from the mouth of Jesus himself. Hear my words. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive them. Jesus, I believe your word. I believe your word. It is a higher authority than anything I can see, feel, or experience. It is a more more reliable source than any news or media article I could ever read. It is more real than a report I could get from any doctor or physician, no matter how wonderful they are. Your word is true.
you are God and you are able to do impossible things whatever we ask in prayer believing we will receive whatever we ask in prayer believing we will receive them whatever things we ask in prayer believing we will receive I want you to say that with me whatever things we ask can you bring it up on the screen here for those who might need to it's our Matthew 21 text we're gonna read this together and I want you to declare this in faith Matthew 21 and verse 22 are we getting it there friends I know I'm putting pressure on our media team today are you ready one two three whatever things you ask in prayer believing you will receive come on say it again whatever things you ask in prayer believing you will receive say it again whatever things you ask in prayer believing you will receive this is a master key to the impossible friend this is the Word of God straight from the mouth of Jesus, God in the flesh. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Now this is what I want to do, friend. Today, I'm going to ask my prayer team, for those who helped me in prayer earlier, I want you to come and join me at the front here again. We're going to spend a few moments in worship. But today, God is stirring your faith. And you say, you know what? I haven't prayed about this in a long time. Or maybe I've prayed about this hundreds of times. But there are things that I want to lay before the Lord. I want to pray. I'm going to believe. And I'm going to ask the Lord to receive. I believe today is a day for miracle breakthrough. And so whatever the need may be, we're going to move into this time of prayer. And I'm going to believe for miracles to break out. Could be something you need in your body. Could be, it might be a house or a finance thing. It could be an emotional burden that you're carrying. Maybe there's an impossible situation. This person is lost and away from the Lord. I don't know how it will ever happen, but I believe that the Lord is going to intervene. What is it that you're believing for? What is it that you're believing for? I want to ask you if you're believing for something, right now begin to take a step of faith. Join your faith with one of these here in the altars. It's a contact point of faith for you. And we're going to believe for God to intervene in that situation on your behalf. Come on, let's worship. Let's pray. If you'd like prayer, step out right now. Come on. <laughs>